Well, good morning. I'm glad you're you're here this morning, and something I've never done before I'm going to do this morning, I'm not going to preach. I know you're looking at me, well, what are we going to do then? Well, this morning, God is not allowing me to preach the message that I planned and prepared. He's leading me to do something completely different, and I'll explain in a moment what that is. Now, Joni and I went to Asbury Thursday night, and I'm sure you've heard about and read about all the things that are happening at Asbury. And I really wasn't sure what to expect as we went. We waited in line for 45 minutes outside the Hughes Auditorium to get in. And I'm going to say this morning it was worth the wait. It was an incredible time of worship. You could feel the presence of God moving. And I'm here to tell you firsthand, it was not an emotional frenzy. It's not built on, on personalities. It was real, it was genuine, and it was passionate, and it was all about Jesus. It started a week ago this past Wednesday with 30 young adult Christians who simply desired to call on the name of Jesus, desiring for God and expecting God to do something and to move. And he has. And while we were there for that hour and a half, the whole sanctuary broke out into the chorus of, You are holy. Holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You are holy. Holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You are holy. That went on for about 25 minutes. Just the people in that place singing that chorus and uplifting their worship to God. And after about 25 minutes, young man read from Revelation 4, 1 to 11, where it talks about the four living creatures day and night, never stopping, worshiping God, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who is coming. And it was a microcosm of what heaven will be like as as in heaven, all believers will worship God and will continuously say He is holy and He is worthy. And we'll do that for all of eternity. But what really spoke to me was a word spoken by a gentleman, an older man who was part of Asbury. And here's a summary of what he said, and I agree with everything that he said. He said, this is not church. He said, this should be like church. He said this should be normalized. And what he was saying is what was taking place in that sanctuary should take place in churches every single Sunday. Churches should be alive with the presence of God. But unfortunately, there are many churches who are dead. And he said the dean of the Asbury Seminary told him that what was happening at Asbury is anti-Las Vegas. He got my attention with that. But what the dean said, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but what happens here at Asbury needs to go out there. It doesn't need to stay here. And the crux of what he was saying is if what makes a difference in here does not make a difference out there, then what made a difference in here really didn't make a difference at all. And he implored everyone in that building to take this back to your community and to your churches. 
And so Friday morning I got up, I was washing dishes and listening to Air One, and the song Move came on. And the message of that song is exactly the point that the guy at Asbury was making. The chorus of Move says this, So come, move, let justice roll on like a river, let worship turn into revival. Lord, lead us back to you. And as I listened to that song, God spoke to me saying, this is what true revival is about. And then he said, you're not speaking. I said, what? He said, you're not preaching this Sunday. I said, well, God, that's what I get paid to. That's what I'm supposed to. That's what the people expect. He said, I don't care. You're not doing it. So don't blame me for not having a message. Talk to God. I do have one, but it'll be next week. God said, you're going to focus on praying for revival. And so this whole weekend, I've been thinking about of what this should look like. And God wants us, He wants our worship to turn into revival. He wants our worship to make a difference. He wants our worship to lead us back to Him. Because if our worship does not change us and revive us and lead us to Jesus, our worship means absolutely nothing to God. You know, and I think sometimes... We are fearful of revival. I think sometimes we're fearful of the Holy Spirit. We are fearful of what God may do. We are fearful of the change that will take place because when God moves and the Holy Spirit moves, things happen. And sometimes we don't like those things. Dr. Roy Fish, who was a great professor of evangelism at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary where I went and I actually had him for my evangelism class. He said this. He said we see people that we think put too much of an emphasis on the Holy Spirit so we drive off the ditch on the other side and pretend there isn't even a Holy Spirit. Where we don't even mention him. He went on to say we become so afraid of strange fire that we would rather remain cold than open ourselves to be warmed by the fire of God. You see, our prayer should be that what is happening at Asbury will lead to a great revival. We should pray that what's happening at Asbury would lead to a spiritual awakening and reawakening to the resurfacing of a, of a love and a passion for God and His Word. We need to pray that what is taking place at Asbury would just not happen at Asbury. Would take place in campuses, in communities, in churches across our county, in our state, in our nation, in our world. And it already is. There are reports of revivals breaking out on other college campuses across our nation. And I heard this morning that EKU is having a campus-wide worship service tomorrow night. And I ask that you pray that that would turn into revival. But we can't ignore what is happening at Asbury. Because I believe if we ignore it, we may miss what God wants to do in our life. We may miss what God wants to do in our church. We may miss what God wants to do in our community. So this morning, we're going to have an extended time of prayer for revival. And during this time and in a few moments, I'm going to invite you, if you are able, to come to this altar and pray. If you're not able, I completely understand. If, if God's leading you to stay where you are, you can pray where you are. 
But I'm inviting you, if you can, to come and fill this altar and fill the front pews. And we're not going to rush the Holy Spirit this morning. We're not going to quench the Holy Spirit. We're going to be on God's timetable and not Baptist time. But if we want revival to spread, we need to understand that personal revival has to begin with us. And it has to take place inside of us. Scripture is very clear that revival starts with prayer. 2 Chronicles 7.14, a very familiar verse, says, And my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways. I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. If we want God to move, Scripture is very clear, we need to pray for God to move. If we want God to move, we need to allow God to move in our hearts and in our lives and not quench or rush the Holy Spirit in what God wants to do. Acts 2.42, a passage we've looked at regularly the past few weeks in talking about the church. Acts 2.42, it says the apostles devoted themselves to teaching and to fellowship and to prayer. Why do you think the first church grew the way that it did? It just wasn't because of the fellowship. It just wasn't because of the teaching. It was because of the prayer. So this morning, I want us to pray that what started at Asbury will not stay at Asbury that it will move into our hearts and our lives and our communities and churches and I don't want us to be fearful of revival but I want us to embrace revival and this morning we're going to pray and ask God to do three things one to spiritually awaken us by convicting us of our sin and that we would desire to repent of our sin and to grow in his righteousness we're also going to pray for God to give us a deeper appreciation of his love and his holiness and his faithfulness. And then we're going to pray for revival to break out. That there would be a spiritual awakening right here in our church and in Richmond and Madison County and across our state and nation and world. I want us to pray for God to send revival and that it would begin with us. I want us to pray that our faith would be invigorated and deepened and our eyes would be opened to his truth in a fresh new way and we would see God in a way that we've never seen him before and see him move in a way that we've never seen him move before. So at this time, if you are able and if you feel led, I invite you to come to this altar and pour out your heart to God as we pray for these things. You can pray right now. You can come right now as I'm talking. And as we pray, there's going to be a song playing softly in the background. And then I've asked some gentlemen for our church to close out each segment with a prayer from the pulpit. And I will say this. If you're here and watching online and never given your life to Jesus, I invite you to do that. Because in order for you to have revival in your life, you have to know the God of revival. So if you don't know Jesus, I want you to acknowledge that you are a sinner and in need of a Savior and believe what Jesus did. Confess your sin and commit your life to Him. And for those of us who know Jesus, I'm going to ask you that you pour out your heart to God.
and let him revive you and renew you. Psalm 42, 1-2 says, As a deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. Father, as we come into your presence this morning and pour out our hearts to you, God, I implore you to fill this place with your spirit. Father, as the deer pants for streams of water, may we hunger and thirst for you. Father, may we desire to linger in and get lost in your presence. This morning, Father, I pray that we would truly desire to seek you and we would acknowledge our sins and confess and repent of our sins. I pray that we would acknowledge who you are, your holiness and your faithfulness, and thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. And Father, I pray this morning that each one of us would surrender our lives to you completely. We would say as we sang, Lord, take my life and let it be consecrated to you. For you alone and for your glory. Father, we ask for you to send revival into our lives. Into our churches. Into our communities across our state, our nation, and our world. Father, may we understand that if we want revival, it has to begin within the hearts of each one of us. God, may we not fear revival. May we not fear the Holy Spirit, but may we embrace the Holy Spirit, God. May we embrace revival. May we ask you to unleash your spirit in this place and in our lives. And God, as we pour out our praise, we ask you to pour out your spirit. We ask you to come and move among us. And may this be the beginning of great things yet to come and great things yet to be done. Father, this morning, change hearts, change lives, sin, revival, God, as only you can do. Father, now we want to come to a time where we acknowledge our sin. This is a time of confession and repentance, and we're asking God to have his way in our lives. Psalm 139, 23, and 24 says, Search me, God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as the song, Nothing Else, plays in the background, I want you to pour out your heart to God. As this is a time of confession and repentance and asking God to have his way in your life. Then after the song is finished, Joseph Stanley will lead us in a corporate prayer. And then we'll move on to the next part of our prayer emphasis this morning. So spend some time with Jesus as the song plays. And confess your sin to him.
Acknowledge God's holiness and love and faithfulness. Isaiah 12, 4 through 6 says, Give thanks to the Lord, proclaim his name, celebrate his deeds among the peoples, declare that his name is exalted, sing to the Lord, for he has done great things. Let this be known throughout the earth, cry out and sing, citizen of Zion, for the Holy One of Israel is among you. Revelation 4, 6 through 8 says, Before the throne was something like a sea of glass, similar to crystal. In the middle and around the throne were four living creatures covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like a calf. The third 
had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings, and they were covered with eyes around and inside. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, 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 Lord God, the Almighty, who was, who was, and is coming. Revelation 5, 11 to 14 says, I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne and living creatures and elders, and their number was countless thousands plus thousands of thousands. They said with a loud voice, the lamb who was slaughtered is worthy to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. I heard every creature in heaven, on earth, under the earth, on the sea, and everything them say, blessing and honor, glory and dominion to the one who's seated on the throne, to the lamb forever and ever. The four living creatures said, amen. The elders fell down and worshiped. So at this time, let's acknowledge the holiness of God and the faithfulness and the love of God and show him appreciation for his grace and his mercy. Like a river wash over me Immerse me in water as deep as the sea
and I know in my heart that's not always true. But Father, I just pray that you would continue to move not only in our hearts, but in the hearts of those who are in Asbury, those who are in other campuses across this country and other churches across the world, that we would fully surrender to you because of who you are. You are holy. We thank you for your greatness, for your power, for your mercy, for your grace, for your great love expressed through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we Now we're going to come and pray for God to send revival. Psalm 86, starting in verse 6, it says, Will you not revive us again, so that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your faithful love, Lord. Give us your salvation. I will listen to what God will say. Surely the Lord will declare peace to his people, his godly ones, and not let them go back to foolish ways. His salvation is very near those who fear him so that glory may dwell in our land. Faithful love and truth will join together. Righteousness and peace will embrace. Truth will spring up from the earth and righteousness will look down from the heavens. Also, the Lord will provide what is good and our land will yield its crops. Righteousness will go before him to prepare the way for his steps. I ask you to pray that God would send revival that revival would break out, that our worship would turn to revival and lead us back to him and spiritually awaken us and renew us. Awaken our churches and our community and our state and our nation and our world so that his glory will dwell in our land. And that what happens here at Asbury, at Red House, in Richmond, at EKU and other places will not stay there but will spread. So let's pray for God to break out revival, for God to send revival among all his people. So let's pray. Yes, Mary Lois. I'm not the one singing it, though, so <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you the mic, Mary Lois. Are you going to play it? Okay.
thank you, Mary Lois, and great is his faithfulness. But this time, we do want to pray for God to send revival. You can stay where you are, but we want God's faithfulness to be seen across our nation. And we want God's faithfulness to be seen in our lives. So let's pray for God to send revival, and revival to break out. And the song I referenced earlier, Move, is going to be playing in the background. And it simply says, let our worship lead to revival and lead us back to Jesus. So let's pray for revival, for true revival to break out in our hearts and our lives and the lives of those around us. And let's pray for God to do great things. Let's pray. Die. 
Heavenly Father, we have turned our back upon you. We do it, Heavenly Father, in our individual lives at times, and we have to be a people of repentance. There's plenty of people, Heavenly Father, that don't know you, so let those who call you Lord and Savior, that we be a light to those people, Heavenly Father, that haven't accepted your love, that they will, Heavenly Father, they will be moved to turn to you. Heavenly Father, we'll be that Christian nation that we once proclaimed to be. We'll be that Christian people, Heavenly Father, that we should proclaim to be. I ask, Heavenly Father, that if it be your will, you'll continue to move. You'll move outside of this service today. You'll move into the community, and that it will continue to spread, Heavenly Father, as it has already from Asbury to other places, Heavenly Father, across this nation, and it won't stop. We, we are in a time of need. We're in a time of need that we all need to turn to you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you so much. We give you so much praise. Heavenly Father, for the mercy and for the love that you show each and every one of us every day. As we, Heavenly Father, surely, surely don't want what we deserve being a wicked people. But Heavenly Father, because of that sacrifice on that cross, because of Jesus Christ, we have your mercy. And let us be a people that see that and turn to that. And we love you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can continue to, to pray and before Bill comes and leads us in a song when we're still in an attitude of prayer. I want to have a time of prayer for our minister of students and worship, the search team. So if you're a member of that search team, I want you to stand where you are so people in our church know who you are. If you're a member of our students and worship search team, I want you to stand. And as Dwayne Cornett, <laughs> you can blame Dwayne Cornett for me being here. So uh, we joke about that, but... Uh, but he's the one that, that got me here. And uh, I've asked him to come and lead prayer for our search team. He knows what this process is like. He's been through it. He knows how uh, frustrating it can be at times and how rewarding it can be at times. So I've asked him to pray for our search team. And if you are next to a, a, uh, a search team member, I just ask that you lay your hands on them. And, and as Dwayne uh, prays for them, ask that you uh, pray for them as well. And if you want to stretch out your hands to them, if you're not around one of them, do that as well. But we want to lift these up in prayer because they have a big task. Uh, we're trying to find the, the perfect fit for our church to be our minister of students in worship. And we know God has that person, but sometimes it's hard to find that person. So uh, I've asked Dwayne to come and lead us in a prayer. And then Bill, if you'll come lead us in a song of invitation. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for this group selected to, to do your work and to help you and to help us here at Red House. We just pray that, uh, that you'll give them the patience, perseverance, the guidance to complete this task in a way that will be pleasing to you. We pray that you'll be with uh, each one of them as they go through this process. We know that they've done a lot of work already that has not been rewarded, but we know that your reward will be there one day. We know that this person that uh, is out there that they're searching for, that you have already selected that person. Just pray that you'll give them the patience, the perseverance to continue to pray and to, uh, to make that connection with this person. Um, we just pray that 
each of those, of these members of this committee that have worked so diligently already, that you reward them for their work with the person that you have chosen, that you will be able to help them to make that connection and bring that person to us in your time. I know it has been a long time already, but with uh, patience and perseverance, you'll make that connection happen. We just pray for each of these individuals uh, collectively that, that they will continue the work. They've already committed so much time just pray that uh, we as a church will continue to support them the best way that we can. We just pray that, that this process will be completed in your time and in a manner that you would have it to be completed. We just thank you so much for this committee. We thank you so much for your son Jesus. Fortunately, his name that we pray. You can stay at the altar. You can come back to the altar if you want. But now we're going to have our, our time of invitation. Maybe God is leading you to make a decision this morning. And, and maybe you need to come and let us know about that decision, whether it's salvation or baptism or church membership, or maybe God's called you to full-time ministry or missions or whatever it might be. Again, this altar continues to be open for you to spend time in the presence of God. So as we sing, Jesus paid it all. As we stand and sing, feel free continue to pray and feel free to come to this altar if God is so leading.